Hello, everyone. I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Dr. Rick Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. With us today is Dr. Deb Johnston to answer your medical questions. Dr. Johnston's specialty is family medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Johnston. Good morning, Laura, and good morning, everybody out there on this foggy, foggy morning. Stay safe if you're out there behind the wheel. It's uh, not great visibility. So. Right. Sounds like we have an interesting day ahead of us. Yes, so it does. We'll keep listening to Bob and the radio today to That's know what's right. coming. So <laughs> we'll see how this how this day unfolds today. Um, this is actually our, our final live show of, of the radio program for this this, for this year. year. We're going to be taking the next couple of weeks off for the Christmas break. So uh, happy, Merry Christmas to everyone out yes, there. Yes, Merry and, Christmas and yeah. Happy New Year. Yes, absolutely. Before we came on the air, we were just chatting a little bit about Christmas travel and um, all that comes with that. And I was remembering how um, our first year of residency. I believe it was our first year of residency. We were in uh, Boise, Idaho for Andrew's family practice residency. And there was this big snowstorm coming. And so we had booked flights ahead of, oh. you know, to come back to South Dakota to be with our families. And they knew the storm was coming. So they um, alerted everyone that you could move up your flights by two days if you wanted to. And so um, I called the airlines to figure out what options we had. And it was, um, they said, if we could be there in three hours, we could oh. go. Oh, my. <laughs> so we weren't planning to leave for another two days. But um, Andrew talked to his residency director, who was wonderful, to let him take off a little early. And little Eli, Eli was a baby, and I was using cloth diapers oh. with him. So I had this bucket of dirty diapers. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no, we're going to be leaving for a week. So I put him in his little bouncer, and I... Got the cloth diapers done so we didn't come home to a to disaster a yes. with that. <laughs> and then I literally packed dirty laundry to fly home with. And then we did the rest of the laundry once we got While you here. Were there. So, <laughs> yes, all the Christmas travels and all of that. Yes. So best wishes to all of you who who are figuring out how to do all the, the Christmas things. The Chris- <laughs> yes, exactly. Anyone who has to travel, be very careful. Um, if you have not been immunized, you may want to reconsider that. If you have to be in public spaces, if you're flying or taking the train, if you are flying, be sure you've got your mask. Obviously, they require it, mm-hmm. but you may even want to consider using an N95 for that trip. Um, Omicron, we, it may be... We, we just don't know mm-hmm. how it's going to compare to uh, Delta and the original variant in terms of making people sick, but it does seem to be more contagious and easier to catch. So even if you've been vaccinated, be sure that you've got your mask. Consider that N95. Just be very careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Good reminders there. Well, this morning we are going to be talking about our Prairie Doc topic this week is emergency medical services. Yes. So looking forward to talking about that this morning and any other medical questions that our listeners might have today. We hope you'll give us a call at 605-692-1430 with those questions. 
Dr. Johnston, tell us a little bit about the um, television show you're planning for tomorrow yeah, night. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really interesting show. Dr. Matt Owens from Redfield is going to be on it with me, and uh, Matt and I overlapped in residency, and we were talking and uh, talking about how in in a certain medical way we feel like uh, Dr. Holmes' children, mm. his his heirs and his children, because we were both. Uh, trained in large part by him and uh, I think Matt spent some time here behind the microphone too as did I when we were residents and working with Rick and he would drag us along and uh, put us on the spot and somehow make us right even when we had no idea (laughs) what we were talking about (laughs) he would find something about our answers that was right (laughs) so anyway uh, Matt will be on the show with me and Matt has been really instrumental in uh, obtaining some grant monies uh, to help um, training for uh, paramedics and EMTs, particularly EMTs here in, in rural South Dakota and North Dakota and developing that program because there is a real need. And those are absolutely critical services in a lot of places rely on volunteer services, particularly in the more rural areas. Uh, and, you know, you have to have people who have some familiarity and know what they're doing. Uh, and you have to have access to that. We have what we call the quote-unquote golden hour, which is particularly something we talk about in terms of trauma patients, where you've got about an hour to to intervene and do something uh, before outcomes start deteriorating and, and people uh, have a higher risk of death and uh, what we call morbidity, so injuries short of death, but that can be disabling. So um, in rural areas, rural South Dakota, sometimes you're more than an hour away from a hospital or someplace that can uh, can attend to you. So those services are really, really important, and there's a real shortage. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a really, I think, very informative conversation. And um, talking with Matt, you know, here I am in, in Brookings, where we have an ambulance service with paramedics and, you know, which are um, even more highly trained than EMTs and run by the hospital. And we just don't hear about that shortage mm-hmm. the way I think they deal with it in other parts of the state. So it was um, it was quite illuminating to me, and I'm looking forward to hearing more from Matt. Absolutely. Well, it's time for us to go to our first break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Frostbite is a type of injury caused by freezing. It leads to a loss of feeling and color in the areas it affects, usually extremities, such as the nose, ears, cheeks, chin, fingers, and toes. Frostbite can permanently damage the body, and severe cases can lead to amputation. Frostbite should be checked by a health care provider. Call 697-9500 to see your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. 
1430 with your medical questions. Call us in, folks, because otherwise you're just going to hear me talking about vaccines all all a half hour, and everybody's probably pretty tired of that. Yeah, yes, we do love your questions. That makes it fun <laughs> yes, for us, we doesn't do. it? So 605-692-1430. Our Prairie Doc topic this week is focusing on emergency medical services and especially in rural communities. And I was reflecting my um, father-in-law, Bob Ellsworth. Uh, uh-huh. He grew up in Esteline, where uh, his family ran the funeral home in Esteline. And back at that time, uh, the funeral home provided ambulance services. Um, oh, my. Yes. Isn't that <laughs> fascinating? So they used to be the ones that would be called, and they'd go out and um, drive drive to pick people up. And as any family business, uh, Bob got involved at a very young age, and he talks about how um, at very young ages he would be sent out to go help people at accidents and different things to pick people up and bring them into the hospital. So it's fascinating to look back at this history of emergency medical services and how it's evolved um, and how you mentioned we have paramedics now and EMTs who are very... Yep. Train highly trained, but we still do have an important volunteer force Absolutely. that supports emergency medical services. And I found it interesting reading Dr. Matthew Owen's essay this week that you can find in our Prairie Doc essay uh, in Monday's Brookings Register or on our Prairie Doc website. He talks about 73% of EMS agencies in South Dakota use volunteers. Yeah, and I... I think that those of us in larger communities just don't even think about that. Um, You know, when I think back to my childhood growing up and, and, you know, most of Iowa is not nearly as as rural as most of South Dakota, but uh, we were a smaller community, about 30 miles from a larger community. And uh, a lot of our services were volunteer, the ambulance, the, mm-hmm. the fire. I can remember um, some of my classmates on my junior and senior year getting paged out to go respond to the fire or the um, the ambulance oh. call or those kinds of things. And I have no idea if it's still like that now. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, those are very, very important roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also not fair to ask people to do that without some training, Mm -hmm. um, because that's a very intimidating, very scary situation to be in, uh, to try to stop and render aid to, um, to someone who may be a neighbor or a friend or your frenemy from high school. Mm -hmm. Um, I think having that training is important both for the person giving the aid, rendering the aid, and also obviously for the person receiving the aid. Um, the thing that's scary to me to think about the young family, young mortician going out there to do things, um, you know, do they know what to do? Mm-hmm. Do they know how to protect the C-spine? Do they know how to do CPR? Do they know some of those basics? So it's really exciting that uh, Dr. Owens and his uh cohort on his committee have managed to get that grant and to get a, a training program in place for uh, and get funding that a lot of that grant is going to be to uh, provide monies for interested people to get that training so mm-hmm. I found it really interesting uh, the volunteer training that he talked about in the essay uh, he mentioned um, that volunteer training training will focus on 
care for serious bleeding, opioid overdose, and automatic defibrillators. So to me, the the serious bleeding and the automatic defibrillators makes sense. Like, yes, that makes Mm -hmm. sense. But the third thing listed is opioid overdoses. You know, I think that... um, Opioids are an issue all over. We want to think about opioids as, oh, that's an inner city problem. That's a big place problem. That's not here, but it is here. Uh, And we do see that. We see people with uh, drug addiction, alcohol addiction, opioid addiction, and we see deaths from Mm -hmm. those addictions. Uh, And it is a disease. It is not a moral failing or a character weakness. It is a disease, and it's a very, very difficult disease to beat and people need help to beat it and just like any other disease um, death can follow Mm -hmm. and there are things we can do to prevent those deaths or to respond to those overdoses and prevent that death Mm -hmm. so uh, I think it's a a great thing obviously there's a lot of things that an ambulance can encounter Mm -hmm. um, that the ambulance crew has to deal with but trauma you know, the, the bleeding, mm-hmm. uh, the heart attacks, the cardiac arrests, and the drug overdoses are some of the most common ones that they'll end up dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just caught me by such surprise to see that the opioid yeah. overdose was one of the top things to be, to be trained on. Well, we're going to go to our next break, and we'll talk about this some more when we return. And we're also happy to answer any questions that you may have. Give us a call at 605 692 1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Prairie Doc programs are available as a podcast. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group. Tobacco can lead to tobacco, nicotine dependence, and serious health problems. Quitting smoking has immediate as well as long-term benefits for you and your loved ones. Make the decision to be smoke-free. Stopping smoking is associated with many health benefits. If you smoke, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. That's 784-8669. Or call the Avera Medical Group Brookings for help to quit smoking today, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Our Prairie Doc topic this week is focusing on emergency medical services and what that looks like and how important those are to all of us, but especially in our rural communities and some of the um, shortages and hardships um, some communities are seeing with emergency medical services. Uh, We are talking about Dr. Matthew Owens, who is going to be on the television show tomorrow and uh, the work he's doing to bring with his committee to bring more training and opportunities uh, for both volunteers who want to help in that area, but as well as um, training for EMTs to do coursework as well, which ties in really well to a question we just had from a caller. 
Uh, the listener would like to know more specifically what is the training for EMTs and paramedics as opposed to medical doctors? That is a really good question. And um, my familiarity with the training for the EMTs and paramedics is, is pretty cursory. So it'll be really interesting to hear what, uh, what Matt can tell us about this. Um, in terms, you know, when you think about the medical profession. There's a lot of different people who play a lot of different roles. Um, and anything from the nursing assistant that I was a nursing assistant before I went to, to medical school. And that was, I think, a, um, maybe was only a two-week course mm-hmm. uh, for that, that. And then we were helping people with their basic needs um, up to physician. And physicians are the people that are the most highly trained in the process. So to become a physician, you usually have an undergraduate degree. There are a few programs that let you kind of combine your your undergraduate degree plus your medical degree. But usually people have gotten their undergraduate degree, their four-year degree from a university somewhere, and then they will go on to medical school, which is another four years, uh, learning the basics. And then they will go on and do a residency. So depending on what field you choose, that may be a three-year program or that may be a seven-year program. And then some of those individuals will go on and do fellowships to get additional training in some subset of their field. For for example, uh, cardiologists uh, have done their four years of medical school, their three years of internal medicine residency, and then they do additional training in cardiology. And some of them go on and subspecialize even after that and do additional training in electrophysiology. So uh, your physician has many years of training under their belt. Um, If you look at uh, an advanced practice practitioner, like a nurse practitioner or a, a physician's assistant, they will have two years of training after their undergraduate degree, which may or may, you know, any undergraduate degree may or may not be related to a medical field. The nurse practitioners, of course, have to have a nursing degree to go on to get their nurse practitioner um, degree. Um, If you look at the paramedics, uh, they are the most trained of those emergency responders. Um, So they have additional training. Many of them uh, can actually do intubation so they can put the tube down to help people um, help people breathe under certain circumstances. They have Um, some training in interpreting the EKG so that the heart rhythm, they can uh, make a judgment about when someone should get a shock to try to get their heart synchronized again or heart beating again. And then the EMTs are um, the workhorses of the emergency response. They have some basic training but don't have that additional um, education about some of those procedures, putting the tube down or uh, deciding when to do the shocks. Uh, There are automatic defibrillators now, which are machines that are programmed basically to to help make that judgment. So uh, there are opportunities for those EMTs to provide that life-saving service even without having had that additional training. Um, So I know a lot of the EMTs, uh, it would be like a course that maybe they take as part of their college curriculum, so, uh, or maybe something that they do 
in addition to that. So uh, that would be, I'm, I'm not even going to speculate sure. because I, I don't want anyone to think that I'm I'm speaking with authority there. But it, it would be a relatively brief, comparatively brief sure. training program for a very important job. And um, Dr. Owens talks about the shortage of the EMTs and how there is now grant money available uh, for anyone interested in EMT training and it sounds like a lot of it can be done online, online coursework. So if you're in rural South Dakota, uh, which is where many of these people are needed, you can do that rural training or that training for EMTs online and then with some hands-on training on weekends. So it looks like they're trying to accommodate people who maybe have another job and are um, want to get this training. And if you are looking at a volunteer uh, workforce or a volunteer position, Uh, you know, obviously you're going to need to be able to work around people's other lives, their Mm -hmm. other schedule. They have work commitments, family commitments too. So uh, it sounds like uh, these are online, but it's it's like an online learning sort of program, um, synchronous. So it sounds like it's a, hey, everybody's getting together and everybody's going through this training kind of at the same time. Mm -hmm. So, but... If you're out in rural South Dakota, it's sure nice to know you don't have to drive to Sioux Falls or Rapid City to get that training, at least not every Thursday or whatever it would be. Right. Yeah, it is. Technology is a blessing in so many ways. (laughs) We have learned a lot in the course of this pandemic. That is for sure. Absolutely. We have another question. What is recommended? um, What is the recommended way to have emergency information available to first responders? You know, you hear about bracelets that maybe talk about yeah. allergies or different tags, things like that. What are kind of the go-to ones that you recommend to your patients if you have a concern about them? So certainly having, um, you know, a bracelet is is very valuable if you have some, for example, if you have diabetes, if you have epilepsy, if you have some life-threatening allergy, uh, wearing that bracelet makes a lot of sense. But you don't have a lot of space for a lot of information on that bracelet. Uh, So a lot of people will have forms that they keep on their refrigerator that will hit the highlights of their medical history and their um, medications that they take. And certainly people who have uh, advanced directives, um, for example, people who don't want to be resuscitated, perhaps they have some terminal illness and, and they know that they don't want anyone to pound on their chest and put that tube down their throat and try to get them back if they have if they have arrested if their heart has stopped or they've stopped breathing it's really important that that information be available to those paramedics i always tell my patients when i'm uh, putting someone in the hospital you know, we, we routinely try to ask people when they're being admitted, what do you want us to do if the nurses go in to check on you and your heart has stopped? Because it's too late to ask once it's happened. Mm-hmm. You know, whether we expect it to happen or not, it's going to happen to all of us someday. And it's important to know ahead of time how we're supposed to respond to that. Mm-hmm. Is it, you mentioned the forms on the refrigerator. Is yep. that something that's just kind of known? So if an ambulance get called, do they, do EMTs know like, oh, you should check their fridge for documents? Or is that just I think something mo- you recommend so if someone else can grab them quick if they need most, to? Most of the, the paramedics and EMTs are aware that that's a, a place that okay. they can look for. Um, but obviously, 
it's also important that everybody in the household yes. know that mm-hmm. sometimes there is nobody else in the household right. or you know it's the neighbor that stopped by to check on on Bertha that found her on the floor and is calling for help mm-hmm. so um, it's it's a good thing to have available for people. Mm-hmm. And then you also see the the buttons you can push. Yep, the first alert systems. And those those I recommend quite frequently to um, my patients, particularly my patients who live alone, because it's really easy to slip and fall and break a hip. And then, you, you know, your phone might be down the hallway, but it mm-hmm. might as well be in China because <laughs> right. you're not going to get to it without without that help. So keeping that phone on you or wearing the button that you can push when you need help is really important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple of good tools we have yes, to help protect us. Yes, very good tools for people. Very good. Well, it's time for us to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Give us a call at 605 692 1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address we will return following this informative message from the avera medical group influenza has made its appearance if you have not received a flu shot get one now symptoms of influenza are fever fatigue cough runny nose body aches and decreased appetite Generally, influenza makes you feel much worse than the common cold. If you have questions about influenza, call your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings, 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. This morning, we've been talking about our emergency medical um, services throughout South Dakota. I've been learning a lot and looking forward to learning more about that tomorrow night on our South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television program. And as we mentioned at the beginning of the program, we're taking the next couple of weeks off from the radio for the Christmas break. So this is kind of our final one before we head into all of that. And Dr. Johnston, I think we need some updates before all that um, regarding influenza yes. and uh, COVID-19 and vaccines and all of that. What, That's what's right. our end of the year wrap up here? End of the year <laughs> wrap up. Go get your shots, everybody. Go get your shots. Um, we are starting to see influenza in South Dakota. Usually our influenza season kind of peaks in February. So um, we don't usually see a whole lot yet this time of year, but we are starting to see it. Last year, we were really, really lucky and didn't have um, any influenza to speak of. So uh, we are going to not get that lucky this year, I think. So everybody, please go out and get your shots, even if you don't usually get it. Even if you are young and healthy, you know, if you get your shot, that's one less person for the virus to find to spread to somebody else. And our hospitals are really full. Our nursing staff is stretched really thin. Uh, You know, it's easy to, to buy a bed. We don't have a shortage of beds. We have a shortage of people to take care of the patients in those beds. And if you don't have a nurse to take care of that patient, that bed might as well not even be there. So everybody, we need everybody to do what you can. Uh, We've got a lot of sick people out there. I've never seen it like this. Um, Do what you can. Get your flu shot. Get your COVID shot. Get your COVID booster. Um, Try not to be one of those people who needs that help so that that help is there for the people who do need it and for you 
if you need it. Uh, it's really exciting, you know, everybody five and up is now eligible for those boosts for those shots. Mm -hmm. 16 uh, and up are eligible for a booster. Um, Moderna is still not approved. Anyone under 18 didn't get Moderna, so okay. <laughs> we don't have to worry about that. But the Pfizer booster is approved for people 16 and up, even if, as I say, you would probably have minimal illness with COVID. Please go get your booster. Please get your COVID shots. Uh, we need to take as much pressure as we can off the off the hospitals. Mm-hmm. And in, um, is it true we can get our booster and our flu shot at the at same the time? At the same time, okay. yes. Uh, when the the COVID shots first came out, we weren't supposed to give them with other shots because we just hadn't had them enough. They had, didn't know how that would work. Um, but it is now okay to get them all together uh, and with any other shots that you happen to need. So go get them. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to Prairie Doc Radio this past year and to our four Prairie Docs who have been here week after week to offer great advice um, in this crazy time where Very we crazy. all <laughs> want trusted information. So I really appreciate um, you and the other three Prairie Docs taking the time to keep us informed so we can make decisions for ourselves and our families and do what we can to keep others healthy as well. So thank Absolutely. you, Dr. Johnston, for being part of that team. Really thank appreciate Thank you too, that. Laura and Bob. You guys are both important parts of the team too. Yeah. And to our listeners, if you... Um, ever want to make a donation to the Healing Words <laughs> Foundation, uh, we hope you'll keep that in your on your mind as well this holiday season uh, to support these Prairie Doc programs. That is top of my wish list is for people to make donations to, to the Healing Words Foundation. It is really expensive uh, to produce that TV show um, and to produce the, the radio show uh, and make this information available to people. Uh, most of us that are involved in it are volunteers. Um, the, I and the other Prairie Docs don't take a salary for this. Our guests don't get paid for appearing. Um, but it is there's a lot of people who do need to be paid for the work that they do for this. Uh, so please consider making a donation. Thanks, Dr. Johnston. Well, before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. This week on Thursday, December 15th, Prairie Doc Deb Johnston will discuss first responders and emergency medical services with Dr. Matthew Owens from Redfield, South Dakota. So tune in tomorrow night on SDPB television. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org. And look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. We want to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.